Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and we're talking with Ryan Balangie today from Golf News Net. Um, got some big stuff happening there. If you listen to the show, he's Ryan has developed, and it's going to launch here in a couple of months, the Golf News Net radio network, and it's going to be through iHeart and all that. But the big question is, Ryan, where do you see this or where would you like to see it, say, two to five years from now? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I, I hope job one is getting it right, right? Job sure. one is delivering a product that people like to listen to that cover, that it kind of checks all the boxes for when conceived of it. Have, a, have something that covers the full breadth of golf with a variety of voices that represents as many of humanly possible, the people who actually play this sport. And if we do that, step one, that's good. Step two, deliver on the technical pieces of it, do the, all the kind of basics right, make it commercially successful so that it can sustain itself. You know, those are, those are the key things kind of out the gate. But I, I think two, three, four, five years from now, my hope is that we have something that's a little bit broader, a little bit deeper in the amount of programming we offer every day right now. So we'll offer 14 hours of programming during the weekdays and about 12 on the weekends at the outset. I mean, I hope we're closer to maybe 18 or 20 hours of that being fresh programming a day Sure. in that amount of time. I hope that we're connecting with people, not only on the initial kind of billions of different devices you can connect with people now through audio, but that we take it to TVs and add a visual component to it and that it becomes this kind of public square type place where all kinds of different people who are interested in golf, connected with golf can, can view as a hub to either hear about golf, talk about golf, have their message heard. Uh, there, there are so many important things happening in golf that kind of deserve some airtime and, and deserve a community of people to hear about it and, and hopefully get vested in those causes. So that's something really important to me too. Good. Are we going to um, see some more coverage like uh, through the content of like the LPGA and maybe some of the, uh, uh, you know, Symmetra tours and some of that too, or any of the shows going to cover that? I That's a personal yeah. favorite of mine because I kind of think that the LPGA uh, doesn't get quite enough airtime myself. That's just me though. I'm, I'm fond of that, that program and that tour. They don't. And we're working kind of behind the scenes a little bit right now in some pieces that are a little bit more bolder than others, but a couple of thoughts about that. So once some of our live hosts are going to be women, I hope that doesn't ever offend anybody. We may not be the station for you. If that does bother you to have women talking about golf 
but women are the fastest growing segment of golfers. They have all kinds of insights offered into the game, whether that's at a recreational level or professional level. There are many, many capable women working in this sport who are at a journalism level doing great, great stuff on a day-to-day basis. And I don't feel like that content gets amplified enough. So that's one, one important part of this to me is to kind of have as much equal footing as possible between men and women on the station. But then also specific to women's professional golf, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the LPGA and Symmetra Tours as well. Sure. Ladies European Tour for that matter. We worked out a deal with the, the LPGA this year to be able to start airing highlights packages from their tournaments on our website, which was kind of a big thing for us. Not a, not necessarily a, the most groundbreaking thing, but it was kind of groundbreaking for us. Sure. And we'd like to continue that relationship with the LPGA. I would love to be able to tell you kind of in that two to five year plan that we could work out something with the LPGA where maybe we can do radio broadcasts of select tournaments or, or many tournaments, depending yep. on how it all works out, give them kind of the same level of attention that the PGA tour gets from PGA tour radio week to week. Uh, there's definitely an audience of people out there for that. And again, at a recreational level, I think really important to kind of make the connection that golf is for everybody and that golf can be for everybody. And that should be reflected in how we speak to our audience, not just assuming that we're all kind of the same group of people, this kind of monolithic group. But as we talked about with niche in a niche, there are lots of different people participating in this sport with lots of different aims and goals. And we want to be able to talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you watch the, um, um, the Zozo tournament this last weekend, uh, or any coverage of it. And I, I was able to, I was out of town Friday and Saturday, but I was able to catch some stuff yesterday on it like that. One thing that that, uh, tells me is that especially the overseas tournaments, the overseas tour, uh, both, uh, women's and men's, those things are growing exponentially in my view. And, um, I thought it was cute too, because uh, there was a, there was a shot. I don't even remember where I saw it on one of the websites that, um, some of the Japanese spectators brought their own stools to stand on, to watch, to watch, uh, of course they were watching for, uh, Hideki, but you know, they were, they were watching that. I think that, um, again, <clears throat> the women's tour, uh, and, a especially like in Korea and Japan and some of those are, are really underserved, uh, not only in this country, but over in the, in Europe and in Asia. So I think there's a, there's a big future there for somebody who wants to pick up the gauntlet. That's my thoughts. I, I agree with you. And I, it's been interesting since announcing this GNN radio concept coming to fruition We've gotten people from all over the world who have asked if a product, the, the, the station will be available to them. Yeah. And that was not something I really anticipated when thinking about this. I thought most people would be obviously in the United States, some in Canada perhaps, um, but not thinking in the context of this being a digital station that anyone in the world could listen to. And that's part of the exciting thing about what we'll have hopefully six to nine months into this is that we'll have data. We'll know where people are coming from. We'll know which countries they're coming from and listening to and why and what programming they're most interested in and why 
and we can make some decisions based on that. And if it turns out that we have a large Korean contingent for some reason who likes to listen to our station, well, why don't we put on a live hour in Korean in the middle of the night in their time zone? Like, sure. We can do that. Yeah. Or we could do it in, a, you know, in another foreign language. If there are a bunch of Aussies who love to talk golf when it, we're all asleep, we can put something together for them. We can certainly do that. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of what we've, we've assembled here and being able to do it digitally. And, and so I hope is that we'll learn where people are coming from and why, and then we can kind of respond in kind uh, to make sure that we're meeting their interests and needs. Well, if you do the Aussies, because I've been down there a few times, you got to have those, uh, what is it, uh, Fosters? Uh, the big, oh, yeah, the oil big, cans of Fosters. Yeah, yeah, the big ones. Um, but they don't do anything when it comes to that aspect of life in moderation. You know, they're, they're big cans, and, <laughs> um, you know, you got to get used to it. But, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a really great plan to do that, to encompass that, because – yeah. Okay. I'm back on my soapbox for a second. I think we get little smatterings of women's um, golf in, in Asia, in Europe, you know, around the globe, little bits here, little bits there. And I think if it was actually uh, extended, like you're talking about, I think it may raise a few eyebrows out there and go, huh, maybe, maybe we've overlooked this. Uh, it's very easy to do because you've got, you know, the PGA tour has got huge money behind it, huge tournaments, um, you know, and it's, and when they come to your town, of course, they, they give back millions of dollars of the corporate money to local charities and all, and all that's well and good. I have no problem with that. I think it's great, but I just think that, you know, as the, as the game is expanding and adding people to it. I would think that we would be pleasantly surprised to expand the coverage and the audiences that they would, they would, uh, you know, attract. That's just me. Okay. I'm off the soapbox now, buddy. That's it's all good. And I agree. I actually agree with you completely. And I, I have this argument at, I feel like at least once a year on Twitter, of I'll say something about the LPGA coverage, not getting enough TV time, or maybe it's tape delayed or it's not on network TV or what have you. And then, and we'll go, well, no one watches it. And go, well, do you think that's a chicken and egg problem? Because if you put the LPGA on network TV, it does really well. The U.S. Women's Open does well. People loved watching the U.S. Women's Open from Oakmont. They really like watching the, the Women's British Open. That does really well. Yep. When you put the LPGA on network TV and expose it to a broader audience, turns out people like to watch it. And they'll watch it for a long time in good numbers. Yep. So if you give an opportunity for people to get to know the players, get to know the product. And that's not just the LPGA, LET, KLPGA, JLPGA. Yep. Maybe they don't necessarily all have the largest reach as the PGA tour for a variety of reasons, but that doesn't mean that's not an audience worth connecting. It doesn't mean it's not a substance, substantial amount of people that you can connect with and, and maybe make them bigger fans of the game. Maybe take some of those PGA tour fans uh, who maybe haven't been exposed to the, those tours put it on, put it in the front of their face and go, Hey, this is great golf. It's, it's, it's just golf. At the end yeah. of the day, we're all playing golf. If you want to watch great golf, you can watch that from any professional, regardless of their gender. Um, I will, we have a mutual friend in Lisa, uh, Cornwell and, mm -hmm. uh, Lisa was on the show and I made a comment about people not watching, <clears throat> you know, 
uh, LPGA golf or women's golf in general like that. And I said um, something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it exactly, but I said, yeah, you could get a guy that's out there with a, you know, an eight or a nine and these women will smoke your butt or something like that. And she goes, they'll even smoke them if they're a one. (laughs) And I I started laughing about that. And I said, well, that's true. That's true. Because um, I've covered the LPGA out here in the West coast quite a bit. And uh, they are, they are tremendous golfers. And I guarantee you, you would have a tough time uh, coming close to, to beating them on 18 holes. Ryan Balaji from Golf News Net. Uh, I'm excited for Grilling at the Green to be part of your new network. And uh, I want to thank you for inviting us to be so on that. It's my pleasure. Like I said, I, I wanted to work with people that I've had fun working with in the past. Who I, I believe have a good voice and have something unique to say, something interesting to say. And you're one of those people. So I'm looking forward to having you as part of it. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Ryan Balaji, everybody from Golf News Net. Go to golfnewsnet.com. There's all kinds of good stuff there. Ryan even does some product reviews and stuff, which I need to talk to him about because I need some more shoes. But regardless, um, thank you, buddy. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. And remember, like I always say, be kind to somebody. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.